thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hey, everybody. <clears throat> want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. Hey, I'm glad that you're here. Sorry, we were kind of a few minutes late. We're working with this new system, so sometimes stuff happens. You know how it goes. So today, I actually have a very interesting guest on the line, and she's here on video. And I have to tell you that you guys should share this out, okay? Do it, just share it out, okay? Not every day you get to talk to a retired undercover police officer who is a woman. Yeah. This hour, we're going to empower you. We're going to inspire you. And you know what? Um, You're going to want to watch this show over again. Trust me. Because, well, it's not every day that I get to talk to somebody who went undercover as a prostitute, number one. Uh, And number two, who's an organizational expert. Like, who would have thunk, right? (laughs) So that's what we're going to do. So go ahead, share this out. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to share this out over on Facebook for a second. And uh, we will go ahead and get that going. As always, don't forget, you guys can also go over to BibleNewsRadio.com. That's where my main website is. And if you want to get on my text message list, which most of you guys are on that come in normally, uh, all you have to do is text the term... Bible News to 33222, which I think you can see on the screen right now. Pretty soon, anyway. It's coming up. Yeah, it is. Okay. We're going to go ahead and share this right here. This music is uh, <laughs> our old music. Mm hmm. All right, here we go. I'm just going to share that right there. Okay. So I want to say hi to everybody on YouTube. Those of you who watch, thank you. You guys can also share it out. Also on Facebook, if you actually want to leave a comment so I know you're there in case I'm not friends with you, then you can go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, leave a comment so I can say hi to you. And then, of course, if you're on Periscope, I want to thank you for that. I don't know what that question is about. But anyway, all right. So, and of course, I have to say thank you to my sweet and lovable host, co-host, Bareface. It's not his real name. But he is the one that makes this look beautiful, people. So, uh, I have to let you know that uh, without him, this would just be me in a box. (laughs) As it is, it's me in a box with him, but it has a pretty banner on it, just so you know. And that's important. Okay. All right. So the first thing I want to say is thank you to everybody who's been praying for me today. You guys know uh, my friend died and I thank you for your uh, condolences for that. And uh, you know what? It's been an interesting day. Actually, my guest and I, we actually just had a conversation about an hour ago. Uh, Diane Halfman is her name. And we actually uh, touched on a little bit of that in the interview that I did with her that you guys will be able to watch in a, I don't know when, (laughs) we'll ask Diane when that will come on, but we taped that, 
but let me tell you a little bit about her because she's she's totally cool. I actually was introduced to her through uh, our mutual friend, Vicki Fitch. You guys know her. She's insane. She's writing 12 books in 12 months. It's direct Selling 101. I endorsed it on the back. You guys should get that book, especially if you're in direct sales. But you can also get it if, even if you're not in direct sales because it will help you out for real. Um, but anyway, Diane met Vicki. I commented on the post and then Diane asked to be my friend. I accepted it and we connected. Diane asked me to be on her show. I asked her to be on my show. And today's Diane and Stacy day, just so you know. Uh, so that's what we're doing. And Diane is a speaker. She's an author, organizational expert. She's the founder of Spa Life. And um, not only this, but she's going to tell you what that is, right? And I have to say, let me see. I'm just going to read here just part of her little bio because it's kind of long. Diane's gift is her ability to, to determine what's holding you back and keeping you in a cycle of chaos just by spending a few minutes in your space. Yeah. Watch out, people. See, I get in your head in a different way. <laughs> anyway, this innate skill was honed during her years working as an undercover police officer where she witnessed firsthand the devastating effects a disorderly home has on the amount of drama that one attracts into her life. She saw, she saw this so much that she coined the term clutter to drama ratio. The more clutter you have, the more drama and mental confusion you experience. The reverse is also true. The clearer the space, the more clarity of mind. So Diana is my guest today for the whole hour. We're obviously going to take a break at the bottom of the hour. But she's going to share with us how she got into this and, uh, you know, and how... Um, you know, how we can overcome this stuff and kick butt. All right. So Diane, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Thank you so much, Stacey, for having me. And I, I love the question about, you know, how do we get anywhere, right? I mean, I didn't grow up saying I'm going to be a police officer. I decided to go to, my dad had said, do you want to be a doctor or an attorney? As if that was my only two choices to be successful in the world. I knew I didn't want to go into medicine. So I started looking at law and actually got a degree in criminal justice. And then I started you know, like we do in life, we start out on a path and not sure, you know, what is for us. And I was not called to do, uh, you know, attorney work. And so I had people that were graduating from college with me that were going into law enforcement. And so they said, Hey, they're, they're doing testing. Why don't you just check it out and just see. And so I took the test and three months later they were hiring women and I was on the street. And at the time they were looking for the Green River serial killer. So that's how I started doing undercover prostitution as part of my work. Wow. Bet you didn't expect to ever hear that on Bible News Radio, did you, people? <laughs> <laughs> well, especially since I had 12 years of Catholic school and had no idea what that whole side of life even looked like. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. I can I can only imagine. Well, I can't. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, I actually, you know, what's weird, though, is I spent three, over three years working in a transitional living home as a, as a therapist. I worked directly with domestic violence victims and prostitutes that came off the street. And I'll tell you what, you know what they did? Snowed me. They completely <laughs> snowed me. Their mouths were moving. And I was like, okay, these are recovered addicts. But yeah, I mean, I, I literally was so green when I was a brand new therapist because I was so naive. I had no idea. But they were, they, 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 these ladies were 
so cunning that they would go out to lunch together and then they would con the waitress and then they would ding dong ditch the ditch the check basically and they would tell me all these stories about how they would like compare the medicines that they were taking the prescription medicine and then they would like in secret in this christian transitional living home they would like make their own drug cocktails and and sell and i'm like oh my gosh i'm an idiot you know i had no clue (laughs) But, but there's something about working in that population for me that actually warmed my heart. And it was like, oh, you know, and when some of them fell back into the drugs and stuff, that, that just killed me. It was like, I, yeah. I can't even imagine, but, but so you, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. There's just so much. <sighs> okay. So I will, I'll start with something silly. Okay. So you're an organizational expert. Yes. Okay. Do you, you, are you familiar with the game Farmville? I've heard of it. Okay. I've not played it or not looked at it. Okay. So years ago, my friend Jennifer and I, who's she's a psychologist, when Farmville came out, uh, basically it's a game where you, you make your own farm and then you organize and you put your sheep or wherever all over it. And every, we hypothesized that how people organize their farm was really indicative of who they were internally, you know? Mm. And we actually found this a very interesting, it was our theory. We found it to be actually very true because people, some people would be very organized. They'd line up their sheep or whatever it was, and it would look super organized. And other people's farms would, were like a con- complete disaster. <laughs> now, the reason I bring this up is kind of funny because Jennifer and I both have clutter issues Although a lot of people have clutter issues. Mine, is, mine aren't as bad and hers have improved greatly. <laughs> She'd probably kill me if she said I, <laughs> she knew I did that. But I'm, I'm interested in how you came up with your, your theory there and how, and how does organizing tie into being a cop? Right. Great question. Right. You know, first of all, how you do anything is how you do everything. So it's always an indicator of one aspect of our life. Because I've been in thousands of homes as a police officer, you know, many times uninvited, seeing people at their worst and seeing the most private aspects of people's, you know, sanctuary of what they're in and what that looked like. And during that time, I coined something called the clutter to drama ratio, that the more clutter you had in your space, the more drama you had in your life meaning police ha- being called to your home, or if it wasn't to that extent, there was drama in your, in your head, in your relationship. It had far-reaching effects of how that looks like. Now, clutter is a form of protection. It's something where when having clutter around you, it's a way to protect yourself. It's a way to hide yourself, just like weight is on our body is also a form of protection. You know, particularly people who have a lot of trauma or things that have happened in their life, they tend to collect things around them because it's familiar, it's safe. It's a way to actually hide from the world. So as I was transitioning out from the police department, you know, I started, you know, people were asking me even when I was in the department to help them organize. And, you know, I started doing more organizing while I was in it as a way to bring order to my life when every day with 911, there was dis disorder, whether I was in uniform or undercover, there were a lot of tragedies that were happening every single day. And so I wanted to bring order to my own home for my family, my daughters, and to really uh, have that sense of alignment for myself. And then people started asking me to support them in doing that as well. Wow. That's great. Well, and you know, it is interesting too, uh, as far as that goes, as far as interesting goes. Um, 
our world. <laughs> you, you will never lack a job being an organizational expert. Just saying, because our world is such, is such in a mess, right? So right. I am curious, what's some of the weirdest stuff you've seen? Uh, <laughs> I know it's kind of morbid, right? But I'm just curious. Yeah. What has that been? Hmm. hmm. Well, you know, I, I would say things that I saw at, you know, on the department were, were more in extreme cases than actually with my clients. Um, I did have one client that actually owned a mansion and every room was stacked, um, almost to the roof of, of papers and just regular trash. And we actually, I had to order a construction size, uh, dumpster for things that were literally trash. And that was aside from another size dumpster that was things that we could actually recover and, and donate and, and to actually repurpose. Um, but just the uh, indication of how some people live. I mean, and these were people that, you know, they were of means and it's really not a socioeconomic type thing. It's really about how people feel about themselves. It's how they're showing up in the world. And, you know, it's part of why when I, I started spa life about the seek power always is, is what that is, that power within you. And there's different levels of, of power. And there's, you know, people sometimes, especially as a police officer, they look at it in terms of, you know, the strength of power, but there's so many different levels of how, when we understand what drives us and, and what the bigger purpose of why we're here, we can access that. And so that's one of the reasons why I started my academy uh, for people who wanted to strictly get organized. I have that online to support them to do that because that's the first step. When you start clearing your space, then you can start looking at what are the ways you can empower yourself? What are the bigger reasons that you are here in the world? And so I support you know women to really look at that, particularly when they start business, is how they can access that inner knowing within themselves versus all the knowledge in the world to really go within and, and listen to those messages. Yeah, very cool. All right. <clears throat> Somebody actually left a comment here and they said having ADD doesn't help though. So do you actually address issues like that? Because it's been my experience that that clutter is usually indicative of some type of anxiety issue. Right, right. And, you know, it's kind of a, the catch 22 with that, right? Where it's like some people feel anxious to actually do the, you know, the clearing of the clutter, but yet the clutter is also impacting their daily experience. And so a lot of times people look at taking care of, of clutter or their environments in general as an all or nothing, uh, where they're just going to spend hours and that can feel overwhelming to have to do that. Uh, instead, I like to look at it as your space as a dimmer switch where you're just making it a little bit better and utilizing alarms. I feel like for, uh, you know, the physical space is one area, but I also help people organize their day and their life. And so we utilize tools like I have a, a one sheet where I have people look at how they're spending their day and their time and to really take advantage of using alarms. So setting your alarm for 15 minutes and just staying focused for that 15 minutes. It's amazing what you can actually get done in a short amount of time and utilizing the alarms allows you to, you know, know that you can be focused for a short amount of time and still get things accomplished. Yeah. Amen to that. And, and you know what? I know that that's true. I do that myself actually. <clears throat> so hopefully that helps you out there who mentioned that. Okay. So, you know, one of the things that I promote in, and everything the show about was that you told me that you worked on a, a very high profile case that actually was uh, not only a traumatic case in the San Diego area, but 
but actually helped push you into kind of what you're doing now. Do you mind sharing with us a little bit about that case? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I didn't really work many uh, child cases. And as I was, I had a, an injury that I had to retire from the department and I became the liaison between the, the police department and a family that I knew, someone, a woman who I played softball with, and I knew her family and her, her daughter had been kidnapped uh, and, and subsequently killed. And it's like the parent's worst nightmare. I mean, she, uh, you know, she was in her home. They had the alarm on. There was, they had a dog. I mean, all these things that we feel this, this protection and we never know what is going to happen and ended up being, you know, a neighbor. And what was so jarring about that other than, you know, the fact that this is a, a beautiful little girl who I had seen just a week prior to that stirring, you know, cookies, making cookies with her mother, uh, was, just looking to see how fragile life is and how quickly things can shift and change. And that was a very pivotal time in my life to really start looking at, you know, what is the impact I'm going to have? And, and, you know, of course I made, you know, connections and, and supporting people in my work as a police officer. But as I was transitioning out at like, what, what's next? And when, you know, the, the, overwhelm and exhaustion and the things that had come out of, out of that case and going to court and trial and all the things that happened, uh, someone had donated for us to uh, go to a place called Canyon Ranch, which was a spa uh, location to help us recover and help us just restore and put things back together. And I went there with the mother and, and several other ladies. And what was beautiful about this, that it wasn't about just getting a massage. It was really about digging deep and going, looking at, you know, how did this get presented in our life? You know, what was the message from God in this? What was the bigger purpose here and, and what happened? And really having to look at, if I looked at this from the teaching and learning of that, you know, this didn't happen to, you know, this family, to my family, to our neighborhood. It's like, you know, if it happened for us, what is it that we can look in, in doing uh, and what can be changed to have other children be safe and how can we be treating other people and, and what can that look like? And, you know, uh, there was a lot of legislation that had changed, you know, as a result of, of that case. And part of, you know, what was really looking at if just in myself is that in going to this location, we did have massages, we ate well, we got good sleep. And when you take really good care of yourself, you, your mind is clear, right? You can make better decisions. And we were making, you know, really good choices about what we were moving forward on. And so when I came back and I started coaching uh, for people and going through a coaching program, I was uh, through a pilot program called the ultimate game of life. And it was about creating your life on what made you happy first, then healthy, then wealthy. And one of the things that my mentor had asked me at the time is that if you could do anything, what would you do? And just out of my mouth came, I would live the spa life. And that really started, uh, I really started breathing into it where it wasn't just about going to that location. It was about living a life where you had accomplishment, you had purpose, you know, there was harmony. There was all of these things that come together because when they come together and we looked at, you know, what is your spirituality? What are your relationships really questioning? What are all of these things that we are looking at in our life to make it better? And that became the foundation um, for my business was to really coach and mentor people to really 
stand in their power, to make uh, impact in their life. And, you know, part of my company is also giving back to charity. I mean, it's built in our business model. So it's all the different ways that we can have impact in our life. Yeah, see, and I love that. I totally love that. I love that. I love it. 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 Did I tell you I love it? I do. <laughs> I do. I love it because it's it's awesome. Okay, so uh, okay, so go ahead. Let's go through the SPA again, so we can you can do like a little mini like spa life thingy for so those of you out there. This is class now. Get get your paper and a pen <laughs> and take some notes, and then we're gonna send you to a website that Diane has that you can take a quiz. Okay. Yes. Okay. Perfect. So what All does right. this, the S stand for again? So, well, the, uh, the S is for seek. And really when, you know, if you look at the totality, I'm going to give you the totality first, because I think it's helpful to, to have it in context. Okay. So the spa and spa life is to seek power always. Right. And that, that seek is like, you know, we're looking, you know, in the world, like what, what is our purpose? And you may be even asking here, like, you know, I know God is, has me have this bigger purpose in life, but why did this happen? Or, or how, why was this brought into my life? And this maybe feels too heavy for me to carry, but when we seek it, it is revealed. Right. And so those things start happening. And then the power is the power within us. There's, you know, I look at power as a continuum. You know, it's, you know, it's like on one end, we can be very heavy in our power and we can be very, you know, stubborn about it and we can, you know, not let people in. Right. And then on the other end, we can just give our power away and then we feel helpless and it doesn't support us. So we want to really look at how is it that power can really support us where we can listen within ourselves to hear the messages, you know, from God, from our inner wisdom. I mean, we are, are built in the image of God to be able to access this vessel that we have. And one of the things I have had really learned in my work as a police officer was that when people were attacked, when they had things happened in their life, that at some point they had some knowingness that happened before that they didn't listen to. They didn't listen to an inner wisdom that they had. And that's where a lot of the, the shame or guilt or things that really make them feel bad about it because they didn't listen to that voice that was there to, to help guide them. And it's not to make the victim wrong about that. It's just to have the awareness that we are guided and we just need to listen to that and know that we can have support at any time. And that's why the A is always, right? We are always protected. You know, we can even have victim experiences in our life, but we don't have to identify ourselves as a victim. Right. When we identify ourselves as a victim, then that's how we walk through life. Yes, we all have, you know, crosses to bear. We've got things that happen. There are, it's part of the human experience that we have these things. And, you know, it's in those messes is where the miracle happens. It's really about knowing that, you know, God always has our back. We always have people there when we look for it. And it's about really looking for that next step of moving into being part of our purpose and do the things that, that we are here to do in life. That's right. Okay. So I agree with all that, everything you just said. <clears throat> and it reminds me of a, a story I heard. And some of you out there may have heard this. If you did, maybe you need to hear it again. Yeah. And you you probably have heard this. You've heard the story about this guy, uh, two people. They, they both decided to move. One guy uh, left a, a rural town and he moved to the city. And when he showed up there, uh, the guy in the city said, hey, you know, what was it like back where you lived? And he said, ah, oh, it was horrible. Blah. People there sucked. They were awful. You know? And 
That guy said, well, you're going to find the same type of people here. This place sucks, just so you know. <clears throat> the other guy left a rural city to go to the, yeah, rural city. He left a rural place to go to a city. And the guy said, hey, you know, like, what was it like back where you at? And he was like, oh, it was awesome. It was great. Oh, I loved everybody there, blah, blah. And that guy said, you're going to find the same type of people here. You know, this is a wonderful town to live in. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true, you know, people often think that they can, they can uh, um, escape their problem by changing their environment, but the problem is here between your ears, yes. you know, yes. I mean, it's, you got to change your, your shift, your, your mindset and all that. And so, um, you know, and always to, to look at the good thing, of course, you and I have this conversation an hour ago that we're both flying off on, but... But it's really, really true. It really is true that there right, is, there's right. help all around us if we just look for it, you know. Right. You know, an environment is such an important thing. I mean, when I do my my keynote speaking, I, I do a power talk. I actually use the acronym of power, the P-O-W-E-R, and the E in there is for environment. And, you know, we have... Uh, you know, multiple environments that we need to look at, you know, in our, in our head and in and, and our spirituality and, you know, our relationships, our finances, nature. I mean, it's all of these things. They're not individual things on their own. They all work together. And, you know, the level of, you know, I'm sure people have, have heard before about kind of utilizing all of these, these values and these environments as like uh, spokes on a wheel. And if one of those spokes are broken, you're just going to be clunk, 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 and it's not going to be smooth. So we have to see how they impact each other in our life. That's right. I had this idea of a playing card with a clothespin. You put that on the wheel. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that popped in my head, but it did. Yeah, it did, people. All right. Hey, everybody, our guest today is Diane Halfman. That's right. Yep. And... She's awesome, just so you know. I mean, look at that. Oh, wrong way. Sorry. Look at her. Look at her. <laughs> anyway, um, you guys can go over to dianehalfman.com. That's one place you can go. So you can go over there. Uh, you can look at look around there, get involved in her stuff. Uh, but I'm going to tell you about another website after I mention my sponsor. So Ariel Ministries, however, is our sponsor. Yeah, they are. And you know, you can save 20% when you use the coupon code BIBLENEWS anywhere on that website. In fact, we have some recommendations on our website, biblenewsradio.com. If you're not familiar with the work of Dr. Arnold G. Fruchtenbaum, try saying that 10 times fast, uh, then you should. You should get totally in. You should, because the life of the Messiah from a Messianic Jewish perspective, that's some of the best stuff out there. So we got that book there. There's the Yeshua, Life of the Messiah, uh, the abridged version, that's the what Bareface teaches out of usually on the weekend. Uh, that's a great book to get. You can get it for Easter. That's coming up, people. It will help you. And or you can get some of the DVD sets that we have. Model Ballaston, he's a Messianic rabbi that teaches under Ariel stuff. And then we also have some other stuff on, the, on our website. So just go over there, check it out. And we have uh, Dr. Jerry Newcomb's book, American Amnesia. I almost forgot the name of that. <laughs> that was a joke. I really didn't. 
I was trying to be funny. Okay, don't get mad at me. Uh, American Amnesia. Anyway, this actually is a series of his articles that he wrote all about our American history and current events, actually. It's really good. Uh, we're offering that for $30 out the door. So if you want to donate 30 bucks to us, we'll send that to you. I will even include, just for you people, one of these nifty magnetic bookmarks. Because magnetic bookmarks are the way. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Who said magnets were only for fridges? Pfft. Now they're for your books, two people. This one actually says, forgiven, three nails, one cross, forgiven. There you go. Anyway, just go over to BibleNewsRadio.com. And if you want to donate to the show just because you love us, you can also do that by going to our site and hit the give button. <clears throat> and then however you want to give, go for it. All right. All right, we call you guys pillars because, you know, everybody needs people to hold them up. <laughs> and you don't want to know what just went through my mind right there when I did that. So. <laughs> oh, I could be so inappropriate right now, but I'm not going to be. <laughs> uh, all right, anybody. All right, so, uh, all right, so Diane Halfman is our guest, and we're going to show you her website right now. Go ahead, check that out. Super great looking. It's a beautiful website, actually, just like Diane. Diane is gorgeous. Anyway, so check that out. You can go there, and you can see how she's a mentor, a speaker, an author, and you can sign up for stuff and learn to live the spa life. Yeah, you can. And uh, anyway, so Diane, come back here. All right, so you have a life reset quiz. Tell, tell us about that and where they can get that at. Right. Well, you can get that at liferesetquiz.com. And the reason why I created that, that's something that you can take and it literally takes two minutes to do because to make any changes in your life, you have to have awareness. You have to know what's working and what's not working. So I created the quiz that has several questions in there where it asks you things around your mindset and around your physical space and around your self-care. And when you answer some of those questions, you'll have an indication and you'll get results back right away. You'll get an email. We'll let you know how you're doing in those areas. And when you do that, you'll be able to see, you know, is, uh, where are you succeeding? Because it's just important to know the areas that you're doing well in, as well as those that you need to fortify and to make some shifts and changes in there. So you'll get that back. You'll know what that score is, and you'll be able to make some decisions um, with that. There's also a link after you take that if you want to have a conversation with me, which is complimentary, uh, to you know answer any questions around that and how to uh, move forward. All right. Super cool. And you guys, she's fun to talk to, so you totally should go ahead and do it. I mean, <laughs> who wouldn't want to, huh? Just, just say it. Okay. So, uh, okay. So I want to open up the floor. I don't know if any of you out there in the audience would like to ask Diane some questions. These, this is always the fun part because you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Uh, right. But but go go ahead. You know, it's part of the fun of doing a live show is that, you know, you guys listening, maybe you have some questions you can ask Diane about, you know, organization, mindset, you know, um, or or maybe the cases she did as the undercover, you know, police officer. Now, you right. shared you shared with me that you went undercover as a prostitute. What was that like for you? I mean, because you were raised Catholic and I'm pretty You're sure right. that you didn't like. <laughs> well, it was. It was a huge learning curve, actually, because I had no idea that people were even doing that. For one, I was very, you know, pretty sheltered, uh, you know, and didn't have a lot of those things. So the detectives who were working with me would laugh because I would have to kind of 
go over to the side and ask them like, okay, they had to explain some things to me. And I didn't know some of the street terms as far as what things were called. And it worked well for me being undercover because the nativity was real and it worked well with the undercover aspects uh, with it. But I also knew that we were there for a really big purpose, you know, and this serial killer had in, you know, ultimately had killed, you know, 70 women along the West coast and it had hit our city and it was so important, you know, and they were, he was targeting prostitutes. So it was a really big case to be, and it was through prostitution. It wasn't our particular detail, but it was through prostitution that he was actually caught. So okay. our whole you know, plan was we weren't really looking at who was sleeping with who. We were looking at putting people at a certain place in a certain time so that we could locate them. And so, I mean, there was one night I arrested 34 men. I mean, it was really about arresting as many people as possible to put them in the location and to be able to tie them to things. Because prostitution brings with it, you know, if there's a robbery in the area or there's other things that are happening, you can actually tie them to that area. So there was a bigger purpose for it. And, uh, but it was interesting because not only was it vulnerable in type of the, the clothing that you had to wear, but it was also about, you can, I didn't wear a gun or a radio. I had nothing on me weapon wise. So I had to really cultivate, even though there was a team, you know, not that far away, they still, things happen in seconds. And so you really had to build up the, the skills to know what you were going to do if, if something happened, which is one of the reasons why I do my live events too, where I help women to really utilize these skills and uh, I help women become their own cop. So I will share with them about being their own cop. And I use that acronym of COP of having more confidence more optimism and more power in their life because really we ha we have more resources within ourselves than we think we have and so those experiences really allowed me to to share those things with uh, with other women. Yeah. Now, so are you proficient in martial arts? You know, we I have we were trained in in certain forms of martial arts uh, in okay. the department. We have kind of a modified version of those. We had nunchucks and we had you know PR twenty fours, which were some people know those as billy clubs. And so we learned certain things, uh, but we also learned how to to protect ourselves without weapons. And so I teach women that as well because I mean you're not you're not going to necessarily have time to pull something out of your car or your purse. And you know a lot of times you, when someone is, is looking to, you know, have harm to you. It's when you're not paying attention. It's when you don't really you know, know what's happening. You're, they're looking for someone who is either a victim or looking like a victim. So you need to be able to have quick responses, which can affect you in all the different areas of your life. I mean, the ability to make quick decisions keeps you safe, whether you're in business or you're on the street, you know, physically or mentally. Yeah. I, we actually had a, a lady come to our house not too long ago. She was giving us a, a, file cabinet, just a cheap one that we found on the local Facebook group. And she was a short lady. Uh, was she Filipino, Randall? I can't remember. Um, I think she was Asian, though. I can't remember if she was Filipino, but she was a petite woman. And um, anyway, we were looking on the back of her car, and it said that she was a military veteran. And so anyway, we were, we were asking her, you know, she was sharing with us about some of the stuff that she did. And she said that she had an incident where somebody tried to carjack her. Now this is middle Tennessee, right? The Christian of the Bible belt here, you know, and anyway, long story short, 
Uh, she said, she just, I said, well, what did you do? And she said, oh, I just acted like a mad, crazy woman, started screaming and hollering, and I'm going to get your mama, and I swore, and I was all this stuff, and I could just see her doing it and busted right. up laughing, but she knew how to think on her feet, you know? Right. And the guy, right. the guy freaked out, and he was like, ah! <laughs> and he left. <laughs> right. Well, that's important to know is that, you know, when someone is – a suspect, they are looking for someone to play the role of a victim. And right. if you don't play that role, they don't, you know, most of them are very cowardly. You know, they would rather, you know, choose an easy mark, an easy target. So how you're walking in the world and how you're being, I mean, I feel safe anywhere I work and I've, I've been in any, you know, lots of countries and lots of places. And I think if you, if you have that essence about you, you walk about the world much safer. Yeah. So I got a couple of questions in here. One person asked, why is this on Bible News? Because I'm the boss of the show and I can do what I want. And I always have super cool guests. Uh, okay, so that's... Actually, that's just... I, can, I can answer part of that, yeah, you know, because you and I actually had a, a conversation, you know, around that. And, you know, um, part of, of, you know, walking in faith is, you know, no matter what you're doing in your life, no matter where you're at, you know, where do you find your source of strength? And we were talking in terms of, you know, there were many times where I had been shot at, I had, you know, colleagues that were, you know, uh, either killed or had, you know, severe injuries. Um, I shattered my gun hand as part of my work. And, you know, when you have a, a type of work where you have every day is tragic, right? You think of answering 911 calls, you know, every single 911 call is, you know, a, a rape, a stabbing, a, you know, domestic violence. There's something that's happening with that. You know, having these kind of conversations where you look at where are you digging deep for that support? And, you know, a lot of people may not know that, uh, you know, that St. Michael is, you know, a protector, right? And having the conversations around how do we feel protected in the world? And part of having the conversation and how I help, you know, people is how do you feel protected in, in your faith? I mean, one of the things in my family growing up, you know, even though we were, we were Catholic, you know, there are all kinds of, of religions and things that have a foundation of their faith. And I know that my faith is what kept me safe, that uh, I trusted in it. I prayed every night to come home to my daughters. I was a single parent back then. And, you know, our family motto was faith, family, and friends. And my, and my parents always said that it's always in that order, that without your faith, you know, your family and your friends, it's that particular order. And so it's the conversations. One of the things I really respect that what Stacy does is that on the outset and a blush that you may not know how these things all connect together, but we're, we're all children of God and we all have ways that we walk through this world. And, um, that's part of one of the things I really looked at is even in the worst of times and worst of circumstances, uh, even our, our friend Vicki talks about if people are, you know, anger or there's things happening in their world. There's something happening in their world. How do we recognize these things in other people to be able to see, you know, if they, if we are all, you know, of God, even in the bad situations that we see, what is happening in that person's life that are having them react in that way? You know, where can we find forgiveness? 
I couldn't always reach for that. You know, there were times, particularly in this murder case, my friend's daughter, seven-year-old, you know, trying to find sense in that, you know, I could have definitely said, you know, why God, you know, this happened. And, and I'm sure that there was times when that happened, you know, but we have to trust and we have to have faith and all the things that we're confronted with in our life. You know, I don't know how people do it without faith. Yeah, I don't either, you know, and I think that's a great answer. So hopefully, Mr. Snarky Pants, who asked that, <laughs> hopefully, right. you know. I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. You know, there's uh, there's uh, certain ways that people expect things to show up in their world. And I think that it's actually God's sense of humor that things come in the un unexpected. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm one of those unexpected things because <laughs> I'll, I'll say it the way it is. Yeah, okay. Now, speaking of that, though. Uh, taking a little bit of a turn, you know, one of the things that you shared um, with me in a different conversation, I know you don't have a problem sharing it here, is is how actually during some of this time that you were going on, you actually got yourself in, you were in an unhealthy relationship with somebody. Um, yes. I think you used the word narcissist, which in interestingly, next in two days, I'm going to be doing a, a interview about that topic on Angie's um, YouTube channel. But right. tell me a little bit about that and how you got out. So I don't want people to think, oh, you know, Diane's got it all together. She's perfect in all her ways, blah, blah. No, she, there's a reason why she's got this message now. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there was a part in my life where I didn't share this story for that exact reason, because we all want to look put together and we've got it all figured out and we don't want to share the messy parts uh, about our life. Um, but I had a six year relationship while I was a police officer that, uh, you know, on first blush looked like things were, were okay. And, uh, you know, that's why I've been so enjoying, you know, Vicki's book about the bully in your head and, you know, looking at the bully in our in our life because you know if somebody would you know no one sets out to say hey I want to date someone who's a narcissist or who you know is is disrespectful or puts hands on you or has any of those things happen but those don't happen on the first date right these are things where your power and this is why I'm so passionate about people reclaiming their power because we start in the world with power we start in um, you know being fully supported, but there's things that can happen in life where we second guess ourselves. There's some doubt. There may be a comment. And there were very subtle things that had happened in that relationship where, um, you know, I was being criticized or that um, made me just start second guessing myself, started doubting myself. And there was things around that. And, but what was interesting is I wasn't that way in my job and I wasn't that way with my children. I was, I was really, um, showing up in those places, but it was myself. It was that, you know, critical aspect of myself of not losing confidence mm -hmm. in, in who I was and who I was being. And it literally took, uh, the the case where the little girl was was kidnapped and I was very involved in this case uh and you know I was gone a lot with it and we were trying to find her and I was at the parents house and so this boyfriend of mine at the time had actually called me during this case and had said like you know hey you need to come home and make dinner and I was just like this is a little bit more important than that. And I just said, Hey, I'm still going to be here working on the case. And he just said, you know, they don't need you there. You just want to be on TV and you need to get home here right now. And it was just this, you know, undercutting normal conversation. And I swear to God, this was a God thing where it was, it's like life just stopped. And it was almost like, 
he stopped talking, I stopped talking and something snapped within me where there was all these things that was going like, you know, life is so short. This is not the example of who I'm being in my life is not what I want to have for my daughters. It's not who my parents raised me to be. It's not what God's plan was for me to have. And I just had said very quietly, not even upset. I had said over the phone, I said, you do not get this right now, but we are done. Like this contract between us, whatever this relationship was, we are done. And, you know, there were some things that needed to happen to unravel from that. Uh, but I knew that I had a bigger purpose. And this is where, when I share about the three big D's in your life, where it takes, you know, death or disease or divorce, like these bigger things that happen that wake us up to have us look at life in a different way. And so I, I look at that time in my life as, you know, it can seep away day by day, moment by moment. And that's also how you get it back. And that's how you reclaim that power as well as you start, you know, going for a lifeline of, of friends and family, because you tend to isolate yourself uh, when you're in those circumstances. Mm -hmm. So you reach out for those friends. And it's why I'm so passionate about building community and, and connecting people together uh, so that people don't feel alone and that they know that there's uh, a place that you can talk and connect and move in that way. And so I day by day started, you know, redirecting my life uh, to, to be something different. There you go. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> but I think that's great. I mean, I really do. See, because frankly, there, you know, there comes a time when, you know, you stand up to the bully. Right. I mean, you know, Vicky, you know, we're quoting her a lot, but, you know, Vic the bully from your head, you know, sometimes you just need to like, like, <laughs> you know, right. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that happened. It kind of is it kind of kind of, you know, recently I was in an Awana class. I teach Awana, which is uh, do you know what Awana is? It's it's anyway, it's a it's a it means a workman approved and not ashamed or something like that. <clears throat> and it's a Bible study curriculum stuff for children anyway so I was in this class and there was a bully that came in this class a very disturbed young man uh I've spent years working with with you know kids in the school system I understand child development I'm an idiot uh this kid is very very disturbed and I made a point to make sure that he sat next to me we were talking to him and everything and anyway long story short uh this kid decided he was he wanted to be completely defiant and we had had uh interaction with his parents and you know she was blaming us for being horrible on people and i'm like you know anyway so this kid that a couple weeks ago i had to literally take him from his scruff here his shirt and pick him up and escort his butt out of the class because this kid disrupted the class what was interesting though was watching the boys in the class get all emboldened to be jerks like this kid, right? Now, normally I wouldn't call a kid a jerk, just so you know. I think you guys understand my point, though. Anyway, long story short, this bully, because he is, had a complete meltdown in the hallway of the church. And, I mean, you could hear him screaming, like, bloody murder, like, you know, blah, blah, whatever. Whatever his issue is, he just lost it. Meanwhile, though, the other children are like, Miss Stacy got mad. You know, and I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, what? I'm not going to let you get away with it either. But, 
but it took it took kind of just standing up and say look because normally i'm your sweet and lovable host everywhere you know don't push you know but if you push me just so you know you see this that will go right up your face just like that no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'll put rings on to make right. it hurt more you know what I'm saying? But right. people people just kind of, they're like, and, and this is kids, granted, you know, normally I wouldn't be that way with kids. But you have to with adults because I think sometimes inside these, these adults is just nothing but a, a child who's throwing a fit instead of being able to own their stuff, take personal responsibility and actually figure out who the heck they are instead of blaming right. the world for their problems. Right. Well, you know, the other part of that too, is that, you know, it, it does take a village and, you know, it is, it is up to us to point out things to, to kids and, you know, because if they go unchecked, you know, as adults, you know, these are become learned behaviors and they are indications of things that are happening or going on. And this is also the part of, you know, where do we uh, support our kids? Um, I mean, there was a situation for uh, like my oldest daughter when she was in, in grade school and there was a boy who was a bully who was going around and you know some of the kids go through phases where they think this is funny where they'll like pop the you know the bra strap on girls and they'll lift up their skirt or they'll just be very handsy and and you know in some ways they're playing but you know this boy was going around doing this on a regular basis and my daughter told him you know you know don't touch her and he went to go like lift up her skirt and my daughter had did a move on him where she choked him out where I had taught her how to protect herself. And he went down flat and she went, she got sent to the principal's office and I got a phone call saying that your daughter's been suspended for, you know, doing this behavior in school. And I asked her, I said, you know, uh, I asked this principal, what it, what happened? Because, you know, my daughter's not going to do something that she wasn't provoked in or something that happened with it. And so when I got the story with it, I said, there is no way that my daughter is going to be on suspension for taking care of herself. You know, this is an unsafe environment that has been created here. And I don't want her to think that she's being punished for something being done to her. And, you know, there's going to, I'm sure this will be really controversial with, uh, with different parents who have take different stands on, you know, physical things that happen, you know, between kids and, and how do schools take advantage, you know, how do they look at these things? And, you know, there's, there's a lot that can be said around that, but I can tell you for this particular boy in, in particular that, you know, if he would continue that behavior, you know, who's to say he's not the one that is going to, you know, push a little bit further on a date in high school who, you know, maybe it leads to a rape that maybe leads to, you know, some of the the characters that I was involved in, in my work, you know, when, when they're unchecked, right. Right. And there can also be, and you probably have more to say about this as a therapist in terms of, you know, there was most likely things that went on in his world that he learned these behaviors. And that, that is a separate issue that needs to be addressed as well. Right. But to look at the totality of sometimes when kids are uh, punished for speaking up or taking care of themselves, then they start shutting down and then those things happen. And that was one of the things that I was determined with my daughters is that they always felt safe to speak their truth. Yeah. You know what? Great story. Did I just turn myself down? I think I turned myself down. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, I think that's great. In fact, this morning I heard, and this is kind of fits in, you guys know Legal Shield is my side business. I was on a uh, call earlier this morning with Ladies of Justice, which is the girl arm of Legal Shield, Ladies of Justice. <laughs> anyway, there was a lady on there sharing about how 
a school incident actually took place and um and it wasn't but not i mean it wasn't like a bullying situation but it, the kid had i'm trying to remember i think she said it was they they had done acts of kindness and the principal said that that this particular girl could not be on the list because apparently she didn't do enough acts of kindness even though there was never given a number of how many acts you're supposed to get in order to get awarded so this girl used her legal shield membership she called her mom and said what do i do and her mom said tap the app call your lawyer and so she actually called the legal shield lawyer and explained the situation to the lawyer the lawyer told the little girl go ahead put your principal on the phone the lawyer talked to the principal and the principal apologized profusely and actually said look you you deserve to be on this list of doing good stuff Wow. And, and anyway, and so that, that story was shared because it, it, it was just an indicator of of how you can use Legal Shield as a way to empower yourself in situations like that. Because, I mean, what kid calls a lawyer just for that, you know, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still it's still teaching somebody that, yes, you do have the power. I mean, and, and I shared with you my story and most of my audience has heard my story. You know, the thing is, for me, when I was 14, I turned in my perpetrator. You know, but my mom said, no, you got to lie about it. But you know what? I still stood up to him even after he was out. And I made sure everybody in the neighborhood know. In fact, my older brother lived with the guy in an apartment complex. And I have to tell you, I decided one day to go up to that apartment complex with flyers in hand with his picture. And I plastered it all over the apartment complex, including the office manager who got royally ticked off at me initially. But then when he find out what the guy did by molesting people, he was like, oh, thanks for warning us because these creeps have a way of befriending people. And that was one way I found I could take my power back, even though right. I was taught not to. So right. I'm, yeah. all, I'm all for you doing what you did. And you go, girl. I mean, as far as your <laughs> daughter, too, kick butt, man. <laughs> Just saying. Right, right. Well, and you know, it becomes important in, in terms of being able to protect yourself to, you know, have these, uh, have these skills and to be able to make quick decisions. So, you know, my youngest daughter, when she was, I believe, a freshman in college, you know, we're not that far from Mexico. And a lot of the kids would go down there and go dancing and, and go partying and stuff down there. And, and on one of these weekends, she was down there with some of her friends and she, they were all dancing on the dance floor and two guys come into the club and they pick up my daughter and start kidnapping her. Like they're taking her out of the club and her friends were reacting really quickly and all like, you know, started, you know, taking each an arm and a leg and, and they had this whole tug of war going on with my daughter, but they had the presence to, to make a quick decision to save my daughter from this. And, you know, this is a cop's kid, right? And so yeah. it's like being aware in your space about who is there, who has your back, you know, who is watching out for you to not isolate yourself. You know, these are all really important skills to be able to have uh, so that we don't have more victim experiences. That's right. Amen. Uh, I want to give a, a Roz here just said that you're going to sign up for Legal Shield today. Thank you for doing that. You're going to empower yourself and the link to do it because I didn't share it earlier is if you go to bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash L-O-J, which stands for Ladies of Justice, and that's all caps, 2019. If you go there to that page, just send me a message. It's better if I actually sign you up because sometimes that website has a glitch. Or just tweet me after the show, okay? All right. Okay, we got to close this down because our time is up. 
Yeah. That's usually when I ask for money, too. <laughs> Time to... Anyway, that was a bad therapy joke. All right. So <laughs> give me... Uh, uh, I got to ask you just one fun question. Okay. All right. You asked me a question. At the, oh, well, that's one question. Okay. One question is, when can people hear your interview with me? I guess that's... Do you have any idea? Like a week or two weeks? or? I do. It's actually March 20th. March 20th. Okay. So write that down, people. I'm sure we will go ahead and post that somewhere. All right. So you got to wait for a whole month. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the suspense is going to kill you guys, just so you know. Actually, it'll be good. You'll, it'll be good. Okay, so I give you a category of my A-list guest questions. I have three categories. Okay. Eggs, magnets, or driving. Just pick a category, and then I'll ask you a weird question having to do with all those categories or one category. Okay. Uh, driving. Driving. Okay, so driving, the question is, and this unfortunately makes some people cry, and I had no idea. I, d- I doubt <laughs> it's going to make you cry. It's only made men cry, actually, but um, did you pass your driver's license test on the first time? Yes. Okay, that's why you didn't cry, because you passed. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. That's it. I actually learned how to drive when I was 12. My dad taught me. My dad grew up on a farm, and he's just like, that's just a skill you need to have. So I learned when I was 12. So by the time I was 16 to go get my license, I went on the day that I, you know, was turned 16, I was ready to go. That's cool. So did you drive a cop car? At 16? No, no, no. Like when you were a cop. Uh, Just yes. Yes. Was it fun to turn on the siren and all that? You know, one of the things I loved about being a police officer was that when something was happening in front of me, I could actually do something about it. Ah. So, um, in fact, there were times when I was in my private car and I would see something and I'd be like, oh, where's my siren? <laughs> because... I want to do something about this. Uh, I mean, I didn't do a lot of traffic type things. You know, I, I worked a, a lot of things in the neighborhood, but you know, it's important when things are happening, especially if someone's like, uh, under the influence or they're drunk driving, it's really dangerous to see somebody swerving and, you know, this, the, the type of danger they can put other people into. So, you know, if those kind of things, I was alerted to that, then, you know, of course you want to be able to make those kind of stops and, uh, you know, uh, pursuit driving as well, you know, just having to, you know, clear traffic and and make sure that you could, you know, get dangerous people off the street. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So I got to ask you the egg question just because you're an organizer. I I just have to find this out because it's going to drive me nuts if I don't. Okay. So the egg question, do you eat eggs at all? Uh, Occasionally. Yes. Okay, Okay. So you probably buy them in the carton, right? The 12, the 12, the dozen. Usually if we buy them. Yes. Okay. So when you cook your eggs, you take them out of the carton and then you crack the crack the egg, obviously. Uh, what do you do with the shells? Well, it's funny because I actually don't do a lot of cooking. Usually it, either Carrie or my daughter does them. <laughs> so I wouldn't really do anything with them. I think we actually put them in the garbage disposal because I think somebody told me that that's actually really good for the blades. <laughs> that's actually very controversial. Most people, most people, you wouldn't think it would be, but seriously, most people think putting the eggshells in the garbage disposal can ruin the garbage disposal. Mm. I, I know, but you live in California where I would think that being a composter would be part of what you would do, but whatever. Okay. That's all right. So when you go ahead and you take the eggs out, okay, now you got all these eggs left, right? So what do you do? Do you organize them? Do you move the eggs? Do you leave them where they're at? Do you take them out like in order or does it? I, I do take them out in order. I wouldn't just pick some random egg out of the middle. I would start on one end and then start moving down. 
<laughs> For some reason, that doesn't surprise me. Although, I have to admit, I take them out of the middle. Nailed it, right? Just saying. You know. <laughs> There's a reason. Says, says the woman has stacks of paper around her. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Actually, it's not as bad as you think. It's This is it right here. This is the stack. It's my will. There you go. All right. Anyway. That's important. Yeah, it is. Okay. All right. I'll give you the last word. Go ahead. You can share whatever you want, where people can find you, get your stuff, et cetera. Ah, perfect. Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. It's so nice to connect with your community. And uh, one of the big things, yes, you can go to dianehalfman.com to, you know, there's all kinds of free gifts there. There is um, my online class. So if you do need some support around clutter, I also have um, some live events as well, and you can connect with me. Um, But, you know, one of the things I would love to have you take away from this is to take the life reset quiz, just to have your own awareness of what's working and not working in your life. And you can just just go to liferesetquiz.com and be able to take that and get the results back um, right away. And one of my favorite quotes that I like to leave with is by Clement Watt, which is, take the first step, no more and no less, and the next step will be revealed. So much craziness is happening out in the world, and all you need to look at is the next step that you need to take. There you go. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I will leave you all with this quote. Be bold, people stand up and go with God because he loves you. And we'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Bye.